welcome back viewers and listeners to the premier Pre-Easter Cars podcast. This is the Piston Cup third episode. And I am Better Mike and this is my partner, Cal, better known as the Hudson Hornet in this episode. And in episode three, we will be talking about Cars theories and conspiracies. Now, amidst the Cars universe, as world building has continued over the last decade plus, a lot of different theories have developed on why, where, when, who, in the Cars universe, because there's just so much going on, they just wonder, how did that happen? How does this work? So, we really need to sit back and sort of take a deep look at some of the theories are fans and friends of everyone in the Pixar and the Cars universe have developed over the years, and we're going to sit down, try to sort through them, see which ones make sense, see which ones don't add up, try to debunk certain theories, use facts and logic to uh, support the ones that we think hold most weight to the uh, Cars universe. I think Cars, especially as a Pixar franchise, it really deviates from the other ones, such as Toy Story. Uh, was it a good dinosaur Pixar? I can't remember. Yeah, I think so, yeah. It really, really moves away in terms of the theories and stuff. There's so much more with cars and, I guess, planes that because there are no humans. Like, what happened to those humans? That's one of the biggest questions. It's yeah. almost like its own, that's part of, like, fan theories is, like, is it its own standalone thing, almost? Is it entirely a different world well, than the rest of the Pixar universe? Yes, you know, the Pixar-versus people like to call it because of the MCU and our thing, the Pixar universe is combined. We do see some call-ins or throw-ins in the car, especially uh, Mater Saltails we uh, viewed in Tokyo Mater when he's drifting through the donut shop. We do see Sully and and Mike Wazowski in their car form, and we also see some other instances in Cars 2 when they're in Paris, uh, Ratatouille Gastos instead of Gustos. And yeah, I think, what, are you, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, it's hard to all digest at once, because one theory, you look at it, it, makes sense. But then like you're like, well, no, that, that doesn't add up. Then you look at another theory, you know, that makes sense. Um, it's hard to say, because there's so many callbacks to other Pixar films in the Pixar universe. That includes like the Pizza Planet truck, which is seen across all the Pixar movies. And I think even with that Pixar truck, is that like the symbol of the connectivity of the Pixar universe, knowing that that shows up in every film? Are they all interlinked then by that virtue? Or is it almost like, as you were kind of started, kind of alluding to earlier, like a multiversal type thing, where it's different variants of the same Pizza Planet truck? See, I think that's... I think we can also look into Quentin Tarantino's films. There's always the red apple cigarettes. I think we can... We can almost establish that they are connected in some way, shape, or form. It could be a multiverse theory. But in terms of single continuity, that's where I think the... I know we already said Mayor's Tall Tales are not canon. But, if some of them were just more mere exaggerations of the truth. And, you know, Mayor never said he saw the monster truck and the one-eyed... I'm sure Mike Wazowski would probably be like a Reliant Robin or something. Not Mike Wazowski. But if we see that 
We could also assume that, you know, in Monsters, Inc., they take doors to go to different worlds. Or we think just our world, but, you know, it could be they can go to different worlds. You never know. They could just, you know, pop in a door and they just take the shape of a monster truck, which Solly was. You know, that's... And the Cars universe, I think that would line up with, you know, something scary. Monster. Monster truck. You know, I think it fits in that sense. And there's also other... Other little tidbits, like I said, the cars, the cars too, the connection to Ratatouille, and the pizza, the pizza place. But that also goes into different questions and different theories. Like, the cars really need to eat. We'll get into that later. But I do think that it is more. I like to view it as maybe a single, single universe. Maybe we have items getting more sentient in Tour Story. And I believe you said there's some 1980s movie that could be more connecting to this. But I really do think that they could be connected. And we just see slowly and slowly the Disney-Pixar magic makes autonomous things more and more intelligent. Or just human technology gets to the point where cars can control themselves and then realize that humans are not necessary. So just to clarify what you're saying then. So in your, in your theory... Across all the Pixar universes, like the films that we see, they're all in one main timeline then. So Cars takes place at a certain point in time. I believe so. Like, do you have any rough guesses? Like, do you, like when would you think that is timeline-wise? See, I don't, I, for the timeline-wise, it's, it's hard to tell because, you know, the map's the same. Their years are technically corresponding to ours. So I'm wondering if maybe it is all the same time. And then that either the intelligence, some magic disaster, or maybe even natural disaster. Like one theory I saw said a meteor came down, brought maybe like a plague or something, and maybe an alien species that made the car sentient. And maybe they just remember the, the timeline as it is, but with only cars. Cars, planes, ships, boats, all that. But it also could be that, you know, some cataclysmic event happened and all the humans are wiped out and for some reason the cars, autonomous technology had to revert to one single thing and had to restart car manufacturing from the very beginning. I know in cars we see that it's a throwaway line from Big Mac, Lane McQueen's truck driver say, thank the manufacturer. And in the courthouse in cars we also see behind Doc Hudson, may he rest in peace, behind his stand, that there is a picture of a almost Ark of the Covenant style car manufacturing. And that really goes into, there is some sort of higher power belief. There is some sort of God, which they call the manufacturer. And maybe in Cars 2, that the Pope Mobile, what we saw, maybe that's their version of God. So I'm thinking maybe that manufacturer was some super smart factory that had to repopulate the earth, but with cars, with AI. I'm thinking that could be a possible theory. It sounds plausible, I admit. It's, I mean, it has its holes, has its holes. Yeah, it's just, it's just a lot to shift through, you know, sort of just siphon out. But uh, So I'd like to take this moment to sort of like sit through and sort of sort out the different theories that have been okay, developed. Okay. In the Cars universe by uh, the fandom and all of those who have seen the Pixar universe over the past plus two decades. 
So going along with the whole timeline thing, I wanted to discuss the Pixar theory. So the idea behind this basically is that pollution was running rampant across our world. And the idea is, so with all in all, as you remember from Cars 2, uh, they're trying to use green energy as a catalyst for a fuel war, fuel war, fuel, fuel war in order to turn cars away from alternative energy sources. That clean fuel could have been used to swiftly wipe out, decommission many of the cars. However, all in all, it was run by BNL, which eventually polluted the whole earth due to its use of oil, and the whole world became unfit to sustain life, which then ties us up to Wall-E. Wall -E. Yeah, yeah. So the idea then is, during this time period in the cars universe, like the cars were sentient beings, with the humans. They coexisted at the same time. Interesting. But as life became unfit, the humans had to be sent away into outer space, and then the cars were left to maintain our world during those last years of the fuel and oil crisis, crises. But eventually, even they couldn't combat it. And that's how we see in Wall East just a complete wasteland devoid of almost all life, okay. except for a little tiny plant. That's just the... Pixar theory is very, very famous. It ties in every film together. So with that one, it's basically like, you know, pollution's running rampant. Cars and humans are working together, but they can't, only the cars can actually outlast this pollution for the time being. And eventually, humans get sent off to space, and the cars are just there. That's why the cars then have, like, door handles and all that stuff, because then they coexisted with their human counterparts. I do. But eventually, they themselves couldn't keep up with the advance of the rapid pollution through the crisis. So they then, too, themselves sort of just dissipate. Because we've seen cars can die in the car's universe. We, we see they can die, but my big thing with that is in cars, one, two, and three, we don't really see much pollution. No, that's true. But what, like I said, like these theories, there's holes. There's holes. There, if there is holes. So... You know, it, in a way, it makes sense because that explains why they have like human features attached to them. That's why there's like elements of like human civilization there. But like at the same time, where's all the pollution? And they try to store it away somewhere else. It's it's hard to it's hard to fully get behind that theory. Um, I understand where the guy's coming from, but we, I also, can't... we also only see very limited major cities besides Raider Springs, which is a prospering town now. But we only see the major cities such as, what is it, L.A. Uh, do we even see New York? Is he some of the countryside in Cars 3? Yeah, I mean, we see we see him traveling across the country in the uh, Life is a Highway montage. But we're never really focused. That's just the major road. Yeah, we're never really honed in on the major city. So it's hard to really argue or know for sure what every city looks like. It's possible they just have like a giant waste dump in some... Do we know in Wally? I know this is a bit outside of our expertise. Do we know in Wally, like what city, what part of the world he's in? I'm not, not entirely sure on that. Because if my memory serves me correct, we don't exactly know. And if that's the case, then we could just. It is quite plausible that the whole Southern Hemisphere in the college universe is just that trashy. Yeah, it's, it's very possible. It's, it's possible they did the most they could. Sacrifices had to be made. We just sacrificed the continent. But it had to be done. Otherwise, you know, we just wouldn't thrive anymore. 
but you, know, you have to understand that this pollution just continues to build and build and build. You can only push away your problems for so long. It's like the United States, they kept trying to push away the Native Americans because they thought they were, they were the problem. And like eventually you just kept pushing them more and more west, but like then you're gonna push them into the sea. There's gotta be an end to that. So they well, had to, like Sherman's march to the sea. Exactly. Well, your your goal is to, to get them as far away as you can. You know, as it just turns out, that just that just wasn't the main goal. It was just to destroy and pillage. Yes. I think we can say that manifest destiny. While it did grow the United States, great. Great expansion. It was very um, not the best for the natives. No, I mean, say the least. Say the least. I mean, you know, there's that's a very unethical example with General Sherman and Andrew Jackson's, yes. you know, forced removal of the Native Americans west, which eventually ended ended up into reservation statuses. Because then, okay, we can't push them anymore west now. We want the west now, so they had to bundle them up. I, I kind of liken that. It's very unethical parallel but like to like the cars universe they had to keep pushing the pollution problem away but you can't keep pushing it forever it's eventually going to keep catch up to you and that's sort of like why we see in wally the world's just like trashed in when the whole world all the can we call them living organisms can we call them organisms the, the cars the car it well oh that's that's besides the point well all the Oh, the populace of the world is all CO2 emissions. You know, those greenhouse gas effects are going to go way up, and it's going to increase the climate change. Because they can't do anything to, you know, they can't make electric vehicles if the population, there's no real population decline that we see. I mean, some get aged out, but there's no real population decline unless for certain disease and illness. So we can really say that, you know, CO2 emissions just keep on on the rise. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense because they have a whole society built on CO2 automobiles. And I'm not, do we see many, like, electric vehicles at all? Well, the, cars the one we did see, uh, Miles Axel, the one of the main villains in Cars 2, was a fake electric vehicle. He was a lemon. So what does that really show us that? And he was a big proponent for, I believe, solar power, just electric vehicles, green vehicles in general in cars, too. And he basically just described their whole thing. His big thing was he made through the jungle as a EV. And it turns out he was 11, and he faked that. So what does that say about modern EVs for, in the cars universe? That they're not up to snuff. So, so, so I, that, that's like a, correct me if I'm wrong here, is he like the only evidence of an electric vehicle that's displayed them? I believe so, I believe so. So it's hard to even know for sure if there even is electric vehicles. Because we don't know, we don't know at what point the human beings were pushed off the planet, technically, in their timeline. Mm -hmm. So we might not have gone to that point of electric vehicle technology before humans had to leave Earth. So it's very possible this is all, you know, gas-powered vehicles. Yeah, we do know that with the, the march of time in the Cars universe, that they do progress, but their progress is mainly more towards more towards Jackson Storm. He was a internal combustion car. I mean, it's very fast. He might have been have some electric motors, but he was a very 
more modern, futuresque gas turbine car. So we can gauge from that that they're not really pushing the EVs. They're pushing more, more advanced gas cars. That's because, you know, for their society, that's what they're striving for is speed and efficiency on the track because we could argue in our society, in the real world, Baseball is like, you know, sports like baseball, basketball, cricket, cricket um, uh, backgammon. Those are all American pastimes. Yeah. But in the Cars universe, we don't see many evidences of other... Well, I don't think there's there's really much else they can do. Exactly. So I mean, that's why... Demolition derbies and all that, but... But those are all track-based yeah, activities. So everything they do in terms of, like, entertainment and sports and, like, America's pastime for them, it's all intertwined with the track. And obviously, you want more power, you want more speed. So they're building up technology-wise to achieve faster cars. And we've seen with Jackson Storm, he's still a gas-guzzling vehicle, but speed was achieved. That's the end goal right now for them. They don't see the, the plight, I guess, of the CO2 emissions. They just keep trying to push that problem away. They're too stuck up in the need for speed that they can't fully grasp the ramifications of their actions. And honestly, it might be, if we go back to Cars 2, it might just be more, all in all, was supposed to be this new revolutionary, you know, green, clean fuel, but it was a scam. It was fake. And I wonder if that made big petrol, big oil, just even more powerful, and, you know, really just propelled your theory along that, you know, the cars, they were the caretakers, the wardens of the earth, and they ruined it. Yeah, and the, you know, if they're like sentient beings, I think we can agree with that, and it's quite possible they're very much like humans. They're flawed. They're not perfect. They're not designed to be perfect. Even our cars in our society, they're not perfect. They, mm-hmm. they have flaws. We have inspections. Why? Because, you know, things happen. They're not perfect. They, they can make mistakes. Things can happen. So it's Logical to assume, then, that these cars, they made a mistake. They messed up the pollution problem. They just kept trying to push their problems away. They didn't understand what they were doing. So it's quite possible we ended up in that wall type universe, which... So to take a different spin on that theory is uh, by the, the creative director of the Cars universe. Yes. Yeah, very familiar, Jay Ward. So in this understanding of the universe, people just are just gone. They're not pushed away to another planet, they're just gone. So, in this theory, so in an interview with the creative director, Jay Ward, of the Cars franchise, um, he claims he's wrote the internal logic for the uh, film's expansive universe and uh, all the different, like, logic and reasoning behind how things work. Um, So basically, he said, the cars slowly became autonomous and eventually overthrew humanity after realizing they didn't need people, which is why there are no people in the films. He also went on to state that the remnants of humans remain still in their universe because each car takes on the personality of the last person who drove them. So, essentially, this is saying, the way we can sort of rationalize this, we have Tomator, who is voiced by Larry the Cable Guy, in the films, it's reason to believe then, based on the creative director's theory, 
that Larry the Cable Guy was the last person to drive Tow Mater. Same way that Owen Wilson was the last person to drive Lightning McQueen and Lightning such and such. See, the only the only problem is like I think that's a great great idea how the cars formed. Excuse me, but I think as we've seen new cars come about, so that's really how do they get if that's the case and how they become pending, how do they get like new personalities? How does Jackson Storm become the new racer? Because we saw as back as though the nineteen was the nineteen fifties when Doc Hudson was racing. The Lang McQueen's he's clearly not from the nineteen fifties. He's a new racer, his cars one that was his rookie season. So how do we how do they get new cars? Yeah, it's it's hard to really grasp that because it's you know, at some point, unless it's just like historically speaking, you're talking about Hudson Hornet. Like, yeah, it's possible their flashbacks to those events. That's just how they view it. It's, it's possible when Doc was actually racing, it wasn't like the Doc Hudson we know. It was actually the people driving Doc at that time. At some point, where the story picks up in the films, we're already beyond that point. Of, you know, humans are gone. And it's like we're looking at it through their frame because the car was still there, so they still have the memories of it, but they might see it differently through their eyes because they probably can't process the idea that they weren't sentient, but they were present. But okay. it's just possible in the future. We, we don't, you know, timeline wise, we really don't know. Like, I've seen some estimates this is like the year 2100. So it's quite possible, like, you know, Hudson Horn, yeah, he may have raced in the 1950s, and here he is in Radiator Springs now. But it's after human sentience, or the cars have become sentient, taken over the livelihoods of their owners by that point. It, it's, it's hard to sift through, because you would think, okay, that makes sense. Larry the Cable Guy, he drove Mater, and that's... Then you think about Hudson Hornet. And we know in real life there were actually were Hudson Hornet race cars that actually raced. So it's hard to really say what point... Did the cars take over as the dominant life force on that's Earth? True, that's true. But I want to go back to how new cars are made, and we see that there is some belief in the great manufacturer. My wonder is if there are these car manufacturers that are run by either AIs or stuff that maybe have the rest of the humans just enslaved and camped. And how they get the new car is. They basically take one of these humans and put it in the car and have it like forced to simulation with the car. And I know it's it's a very dark theory, but it is possible that explains why how we get new cars and it's, why there's no humans. It's just hard to grasp at that. So is it only one human then in the car? What you're saying? Or is yes, it like exactly. a family? I'm saying there's one human per car. That's how it adopts its personality and all that. The only thing I would think about that, it's going to get to a point later on in Cars 2, which we, we've struggled with in terms of its canon nature or not, so that might be part of the rebuke in this side of the argument. But we see... Um, well, the name escapes me right now. Hold on, i got to do some research. Is it fact check? Yeah, quick fact check. I thought that was the name. Okay. So Celine Defar yes. in Cars 2, we see her with the 
hot eyes for the headlights, right? Yes. You can then see inside of her. So at what point, where are the humans at in the car? Because I've seen a lot of, like, sketches and different creative work done that, like, depicts the humans inside the car. But it seems to encapsulate, like, the cab of the car. But we can see inside of her in that shot, and it's just normal seats and stuff. So are they in, like, the engine block? Are they in, like, the frame of the car? Well, we could we could say just, you know, they are almost osmos- osmosis. Like, they're kind of just absorbed in the car. Or we can even go on, on a whim and say that she was a experimental model. Because she's the only car we see like that. So, you know, there's... They could have tried to do something. Maybe that was a... But she's an older-style car, is she not? Yeah, I believe so. I don't think she was one of the modern style cars. Could even go on the web that say there is maybe a try to, you know, a 50-50, where they try to still make it drivable, but still have the car be autonomous. And it just didn't work out as well, maybe. Because we don't see as many of those style cars. We see the classic, you know, Lane McQueen with the windshield is the eyes. It's quite possible. So, at that point, then, how recent do you think the enslavement was for the human beings? No, it could be... I don't... There's a lot of creative liberties, and I think that, you know, as you said, the creative director of cars, he has documents. There's actually a internal document that circulates the Pixar staff working on cars called the World of Car World of Cars Owner Owner's Manual, which kind of has a lot of these I don't know if it has the exact talking points, but a lot of the lore and ideas that help make cars cars, help build the world. So I think you know, they leave a lot of this up to interpretation. I think when I look at a lot of the interviews they're saying, you know, you just don't want to get into it. Yeah. Now I'm thinking, do we not want to get into it because it's not ch- it's not for children? Like they just never thought of it. But if we think if it's just not for children, because you know cars cars is rated for kids. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's fun for all ages. It's fun for all ages, yeah. but its target audience is yeah, I'd say is younger. A, yeah, I'd say that's the correct statement. So if it's they just don't want to say it because it became too dark, depressing. Because I also did see, and I'm sure we'll talk about this later today. Because there's Lots of theories about this. On the Hudson Hornet's death, Doc Hudson. They were going to include a scene of that in Cars 3, but they took it out because it was it was too depressing, to quote the director. So I'm wondering, if they took out how cars were made, how the cars and the car units were made, they just left it up to that great manufacturer because it was too dark and depressing for a kid's audience to see the downfall of humanity and the rise of basically machines, could we say it was like almost like a Terminator where the humans lost. Yeah, because if you see with the kind of theories we've gone over so far, they're not very favorable to us no. as humans. It's very... Well, we're out of the picture. We yeah, either ran just, away or we lost. Yeah, it's very depressing, can be gory at times, so it's quite possible it's just, you know, they don't want to release something that... And we know, know the cars have a military, so we know there could have been a human car war. Correct. It's very possible we just, we just lost. Though I do think, I mean, we'll never, see, the fun thing I think about this, despite the uncertainty, there's also the mystique of not knowing, which is why we're here today. 
True. We would not be here to... Like, if we were able to get into the Vatican and get those archives, we would not be able to actually sit here today and discuss these theories. Do you mm -hmm. believe the Vatican has the Board of Cars owner's manual? I mean, I think it's very likely. You think Pope Francis so. uh, I think it... Well... It's hard to say. I don't know if he might even be too below the hierarchy. Below. Yeah. I think there's a greater, like, the great manufacturer effect here. I just, I think it's just, like, knowledge that's just tucked away just for, I think Jay Ward, the creative director in this case, is the manufacturer, then, of the Cards universe. And not even, like, Pope Francis would be privy to this knowledge. Because it's almost like forbidden fruit, then, for him. Is it possible that he does have the answer? He does have it. Or just not, we are just not ready, we cannot handle it. Yeah, it's quite possible that too whenever you become Pope, they do reveal the secrets then to you. But you're probably sworn to secrecy then at that point because it's probably something that will probably cause a lot of uproar potentially. And you don't want to, we have enough problems in today's world. We don't need more, you know, like a lot of people take great pride in their theories and try to grasp of the concept of the Cards universe. It's, it might just be too much to handle right now in today's contemporary world. I see, I see. But do you think the reason the creative director of Cars does not release it is because it would be too controversial? It would cause too much of a public outcry? Yeah, it's quite possible because it might... You might not have this... Like, if it's like this something as dark and dystopian-esque as we've alluded to, it might take away some of the enjoyment of the Cars films because then you're just watching... Normally, it's just these lighthearted stories, espionage films, and then you just—if you were to watch it after knowing the truth, you think, "How can I enjoy this knowing I just got shafted in this ordeal?" So, it—it it just the lightheartedness would just be like kind of sucked out of it if it happened to be something very dark and grim for most audiences, especially children, if they had to see something like this. So, I think we can, after hearing all this, I think we can come to agreement that. You know, we have all these different theories, and while we don't know which one is true, maybe it's just best to not know. It's quite possible. I um, think that's what the staff, the writers, the directors, what they're alluding to, that, you know, you should just stop. Just stop trying to figure out. It kind of takes away from the journey, though, I would say, because, you know, I mean, you watch the films, but, like, there's got to be something beyond I feel like the learning should, and the exploration of the universe shouldn't stop there. But, but what, what, you know, the, sometimes the real treasure of the journey is the journey itself, not the end knowledge. That's true, but here's what I would say about this. What if the theory behind the Cards universe isn't so dark and grim? What if it was something more conducive to a children's audience? Well, why would they include the movies? It's just part of the mystique about not knowing. It's true. Like, okay, for example, there's the the uh, Toy Story theory with the Cars universe. Now, in this theory, it's um, alluded to that you know we see Andy's toys talking in the Toy Story movies. Mm -hmm. It's been suggested that the cars are very similar, and these are just Andy's toys, and this is just his imagination running rampant, and all the stories that we see throughout the Cars universe, is just Andy telling stories 
you know, through his own imagination, through just his own amusement of himself. That explains why the cars have, like, regular features, because whenever you have, like, die-cast cars, like these ones right here, they, they're just toy cars. I mean, they're just, that's just how they are. They have the same, all the human features. So it's possibly just, you know, he makes them talk. That's what you do usually with your toys. You know, you have adventures. You do world-building. That's how kids sort of, like, learn through creativity and just sort of, you know, keep their minds engaged. So it's quite possible all the car stories that we've seen is just Andy's, you know, own interpretation and imagination of the universe. Well, I do think that is, I mean, it's all possible. All these theories are, you know, they have possibilities. And I think that, I do think that we, we will never know definitively, unless they release those files, that we won't know how the cars came to power. If it was good, if it was bad, what's the state of humanity right now? Was it even humanity to begin with? No. Yeah, that's another point. I don't think everyone always, well, did humans ever even exist at any point in time in this universe? Which, you think, okay, that's like an easier way out, but it doesn't explain why they have like door handles and stuff yeah. like that in their car. So that's where that gets a little hazy. Try to decipher because I, I think that's just a clear cut answer. It's like, okay, this is a world of cars that doesn't explain why there's elements of human civilization in these films and references the previous human conflicts. Like, World War II is mentioned in planes because there are certain planes that fought in the Pacific theater yes. of the war. Yeah, or you, Corsair. So it's just, you know, unless it's their, their war is just a complete mirror of our own. They've experienced the same human conflicts as us, so it's hard to fully buy in this as there was never humans at all. Let's see. Let's see. All right, well, I think we've we spent a good amount of, topic on, amount of time on this topic. I think we should move into some other conspiracies, other theories. I think, as I said before, I think, you know, don't diminish his reputation or disdain, but how do you think Doc Hudson died? The the joyful viewer in me wants to just believe there's a sort of like natural causes because mm -hmm. I think it is quite possible that you know not everything had to be catastrophic in the cars yeah. universe. There doesn't necessarily have to be an incident where he got into an accident. Um, I think it's just possibly just you know metaphorically ran out of gas, and that was just you know this is very peaceful because um, you know even. In his older age, you know, we still saw him slowing down to a degree. It's, it's quite possible that he just, you know, ran out of gas. I do think that, um, I think we can almost disprove the accident theory. He died in an accident because we saw, we saw Lane McQueen take a huge, huge crash in Cars 3 and he, he came back good as new. Even better, you could say. Same with uh, the Hudson Hornet. I mean, he never came back to racing fully. He was actually told no by his team. They replaced him after he healed from his injury. But we can see that, you know, the cars, they can take a beating. They can take a beating, you know. Their engine can actually be swappy. You know, Lane McQueen, I forget how his engine broke down or something. And in one of, might have been like a post-cred scene, 
made her name his engine to use for a little. So you know, the engine swaps, the engines are not really vital for cars because they're not constantly on, they're con not constantly moving, they sleep, they don't have their engine while they sleep, as we'd hear the, you know, the reps. So I think we can disprove that because we can see that cars don't die from injury or don't die from engine failure. They can get crushed to death and all that or blown out of the sky as on cars too. But I don't think we, that happened to Doc Hudson. I feel like there'd be much more talk if some sort of terrorist or uh, crime happened in Raider Spring. Yeah, I think that's quite fair, because like you said, in Cars too, we do see a lot of on-screen deaths, but they're yeah. quite gory. Yes, yeah, so they're quite extreme. So a, lot of, by... a lot of cars just getting smashed. Um, we saw... Um, uh, Rod Torque line. He just basically the American engine. Yeah. yeah, he got blown up. Essentially, his engine just got blown up, and the rest of them went with it. So, like, those are very dreadful and gory deaths. Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd like him to think that the Hudson Hornet didn't have to door no. something like that. It was very peaceful. Because otherwise, you would think there we we obviously he had references to the Hudson Hornet, how much he means to the community there, how much he meant the Lightning. But like, whenever we're in the settings of Radiator Springs and the other two films, you don't see any like big like accident marker or like some big memorial like this Where, happened here. Well, we do see, but this is this clearly is an accident memorial. It's more of a tombstone overlooking the the racing oval in Radiator Springs. Like, name escapes me, but you know where Lane learned how to drift, where him and Doc Hudson had all of those different races. We see that. In a concept art from, I believe, I can't remember if it's the third book or second book, the concept art, we see lightning with the grave of the fabulous Hudson Hornet overlooking that track. So I think we can say there that, you know, he was laid to rest, not in any big memorial. I mean, he does have his old shop. It is like a museum to honor yes. him. But it's not, there is no like, war hero memorial. There is no, he, he was sacrificed for this. It was just to really lose a diet of natural causes, or he died of a disease. Yeah, I see. I like to think of that way with like Stanley as well, the town's founder of Radiator Springs. Like, there's obviously that statue of them, the gold statue in front of the firehouse. I mean, he's obviously gone because Lizzie has said on numerous occasions, "I miss you, Stanley." But I don't think it was, you know, I don't think there was no terrorist attack on Radiator Springs. A lot of people didn't know Radiator Springs existed anymore, probably by Stanley's passing. It's just He's a very old car. It's just natural causes. We can see with the sheriff, it's a very... There's not much crime there. He's very sleepy, very lazy. It indicates that it's a very quiet town. There's not much going on in terms of crime. I mean, there is speeding every now and then. But, you know, that's, that's just... That's just part, part of the course. Yeah. yeah, it's just like jaywalking here. Or speeding here. It's, you know, it happens. It's not... It's an everyday type of thing. It's not, you know... A big mugging. It's not newsworthy. And I think that's what we'd see, like in Cars Three, or maybe even Cars Two, little, especially Cars Three. We'd see, like you know, more memorials to Hudson Hornet because of something, if something bad like that happened. I think this goes back to a theory where, you know, the cars inherit the traits of the U.S. Road in them, and if we use that, as sad as it is to say that. Uh, the Hudson Hornets voice actor was Paul, Paul Newman? Yes, correct. 
Paul Newman, he died of lung cancer, and we can we can say that, you know, they took out Doc Hudson because, you know, the voice actor died and wouldn't do him service, so wouldn't do the character service, so wouldn't do the the whole franchise service if they kept him alive and tried to replace him. So I think we can kind of see that, you know, the cars mimic their rural voice actors. And we can, I think it's the best estimate that, you know, Doc died of a similar disease that's more traceable in cars. And I like how they hand, like, you can, there's different ways you can handle the passing of an actor, voice mm-hmm. actor. Like, we saw in Avatar The Last Airbender when Mako Iwamatsu passed away, the voice actor of Uncle Iroh. The way they handled it was, you know, touch it. Yeah, they had that scene with his son where he's saying leaves from the vise and tells the bossing say. But also, during season three, whenever he's in jail, there's a good number of episodes where he just doesn't say a word, mm-hmm. which is an honor of Maka just by keeping him silent. But, like, you just can't do that for Doc Hudson because he's such a pivotal character at that point in Lightning's life. You can't just say, oh, look, here's Doc Hudson, but he's not speaking. Like, he just, he's not... A background character in that sense and like the way they were able to you know kill off which sounds you know you know sad but like for his character his character arc was sort of fulfilled at that yes. point like uncle iroh still had more to the story to add with prince zuko whereas doc hudson he's already fulfilled he completed his narrative his, yeah his character arc with Lightning McQueen, that's where we see in Cars 3 now, Lightning's on the same trajectory as Doc Hudson, where now he has his own protege in Cruz Ramirez, that he has to take up that same mantle that Doc Hudson had. That wasn't fully filled yet in Avatar The Last Airbender. They honored him, I think, very respectively and very well. But he was still needed for the ongoing story at hand yet, because Zuko still hadn't completed his side of Uncle Iroh's arc yet. I think that's a, that's a great point in the terms of the overall story narrative. If we had if we had Doc Hudson, Stone Cars 3, yes, he would have been helpful to Lightning. But you now at the same time, him not being there, I think it helped Lightning more. We had him go on another journey, find out more about Doc, how he got to where he was. And, you know, I think it really just showed that, you know, Lightning is his own car now. He made the mistakes, he learned from them, and now he is, you know, just transitioning to the next cycle of his career. And will become a combustion, internal combustion doctor like Doc? Probably not. He probably won't become a doctor, but you probably will stay as a race trainer and maybe even as the pit chief for Cruz Ramirez. Maybe now that they're working with Dynaco, because as we saw at the end of Cars 3, Kushmir has got the Dynaco sponsor, and she is walking number 51 in honor of the Hudson Hornet. So, you know, I think that we can see, if they ever do end up doing Cars 4, we could see Lightning McQueen becoming, like, a full-time trainer at, you know, Dynaco, which I think would be very, very, uh, retrospective, in a sense. Like, full circle, full circle, because he won that Dynaco sponsorship in Season 1, but they realized... You know, I'm going to stick with my friends at Rusty's. They're the ones who believe, gave me the shot. And now that they're kind of out of the picture, there's two founders. And it's now, yeah, Dusty and Rusty, yeah. It is now the, 
forget the the new rich billionaire owner. Now he Mr. Is Sterling. Picture, Mr. Sterling. Mr. Yeah. Sterling. He doesn't really share the same values that Lightning had with Rusty and Dusty. You know, I think that makes perfect sense why he'll go to Dynaco, who he had a great relationship with, despite yeah, not being yeah, yeah, Text Dynaco at all meant some amount of respect for Lightning and what he stood for. So. Yes, I think that, you know. Sterling, I think, just saw Lightning as a capitalist tool in his endeavors to sell mud flaps across the country. I mean, Lightning was more than just He's more a than marketing just, tool. Yes. He's a symbol. And I think Rusty saw that. Well, they took a belief in him. I think Tex Dynaco respected the fact that he wasn't just going to become, you know, this sellout marketing boy. It's it, it's bigger than that. I think that's where we see the big difference between him and Chick Hicks. You know, Chick Hicks was all about the Dynaco sponsorship. Even when he won the Piston Cup, that was the first thing on his mind. Yes. Bring me Dynaco, bring me Dynaco. And, you know, I think that really just shows the difference. I do believe this is another, really a theory, but... Chick Hicks is what Lightning would have become if he never met, if he never went to Radiator Springs. A very pompous, stuck up, I'm going to say, losing. Yeah. I know Chick Hicks won the Pistol Cup, but he did not deserve that. That is a fake cup. That cup is not representative. That I'd ha- rather have I'd have Miss Drizzle's rally racing that, cruising mirrors and Lightning won in the car suite, than his Pistol Cup. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like until a Mickey Mouse ring. Yes. You know, it's just not... He did not justify. It's not earned. Yeah, good work, earned. It's you know, he was just handed that. I mean, and he cheated. He should have been disqualified. Yes, he committed hate crimes along the way along the track, and it's not because his attempted assault on the king struck Weathers. He gets to have the advantage. And even then, he was going to lose. That that was a legal pit maneuver. It's like you know the Chronicle. Daniel made an illegal kick. You know, I I know the bully. You know, Johnny was a bully. You know, you just can't break those rules. No. I really believe that... No, it's always the sanctity of the sport, honestly. It really does. It really does. That Piston Cup really tarnishes the reputation. And I do believe after Doc Hudson's passing, when they renamed it to the... Was it the Hudson Hornet Piston Cup? Yeah. Doc Hudson? Yeah, Hudson Hornet Memorial Cup. Memorial Cup. The Hudson Hornet Memorial Cup. I really think that, you know, that was a big paradigm shift. Because, you know, it... I'm saying... He stripped... He... Not stripped. Uh, he uh, dirtied the name of the Piston Cup. Chick Hicks. He did. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I think by renaming it, you're sort of reclaiming its old former glory. If it yeah. was just still called the Piston Cup, you're just going to always think back, okay, Chick Hicks won. I mean, what does this trophy mean to us? Not a lot. It's, you know, like Doc said, it's just an empty cup. Chick Hicks, okay, but when you have the Hudson Horn Memorial Cup, it sort of means something more. Because you're going out on that track and you're fighting for something like bigger than yourself at that point, which was a lightning was fighting for. It wasn't just about the glory. It's about the respect of your peers. And I think Carson really encapsulates that. He's, you know, he's, when he's racing with all his friends, he's not doing it for the money and for the glory. He's doing it because, you know, he loves racing. He likes, you know, he's okay with losing. I mean, it's not a great attitude. No, it's not Ricky Bobby attitude. But... He does it for the greater respect of racing. Exactly. He put like he put Radiator Springs back on the map. He did. He did. That was the greater purpose at hand. It's not look at me. I have the bling now. I have the Dynaco blue. It's it's more than that. You bring your headquarters to Radiator Springs because you're now a big racing personality, and that travels. You know, people to go out. There. Yes, 
you're giving back to the community that made you who you were to even be in that position. Could he have gone back out and this, you know, left after that night where he fixed the road entirely instead of doing the whole the uh, Shaboom song? Yes, he could have. He could have just bolted right out of there, done the race, cooked everybody, went back with his well, would, he, would he have won the race? That's a big question. Guido's pit stop is by far one of the most, probably the biggest, biggest moments in racing history. I don't disagree with that. Um, the only thing I would go back to is the opening race. He almost did win without a couple tires. So I would just say that even if he won, he's not. He wins the race, but he's still not winning. What, what, there was no fulfillment then without the journey he went through at Radiator Springs for something bigger than himself. It would just be empty cups if he never was exactly. there. There would be nothing to fall with. No. I think that's the. You know, that's really one. Monty, that's playing his actual name, so it was Monty or Montgomery, Montgomery McQueen. No, he changed his name to Lightning for racing purposes, but really only earns it after he gets, you know, the respect. He is a, because he becomes a real racer, and he really deserves the name Lightning after all the events of cars won. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, you know, it's just a moniker until you actually earn it. You actually have to earn that name. It becomes something more than just speed. So I think he stands for more than something than just speed. I think initially it's just like, here's here's a hot shot, you know, racer. But even towards the end of the film, Doc Hudson said, you got a lot of stuff, kid. It's more than just speed. It's thinking like a Cadillac. Something with a Beamer, as Doc Hudson said. He never really knew the line. Float like, uh, sting like Cadillac, float like a Beamer, or? Like that, yeah. okay, okay. But I think tying all back to Doc Hudson, you know, it wasn't. It was never really about him. It's about the story's about lightning at the end of the day. Besides cars too, that was about Mater. But when it's about racing, it's about lightning, and everyone is a catalyst to help lightning, like you know, see that journey. And we do see the full journey. He becomes a rookie upstart racer, and we do see his racing academy days and uh, a novelization of it. That's where we found out his name is Montgomery, and then you know it really we see his journey from cocky racer has his big chance become the Dakar sponsor. We realize it's not about the money; it's about the people, and you know he keeps it and he wins his race. I believe he has seven total piston and. Uh, Hudson Hornet Memorial Cups total, and then Jackson Storm and the new people come around, and you know they're they're like him at the beginning. They are the cocky, all they care about is winning attitude. They're not really about you know what racing is about. They're just about winning, being the fastest possible, as we said, because that's what the technology is for. And when Lightning sees that, you know, all these big companies, okay, they're just looking for the next fastest race. They're not really looking at what's really important in a racer, and that's when he finds that Cruz Amir, she's a trainer. You know, she's faster than all these people. She kept on getting overlooked. She didn't have the attitude they wanted. So he took her under her, his wing and gave her the shot that she couldn't get. I think that's something that Doc would have been proud of. What I don't know if Doc could re- actually do that. If he could do that, I'm sure that maybe even Lightning surpasses Doc in that sense. It's hard to say surpass 
because I feel like Lightning's his own thing. Yeah. Because like, yeah. the idea is he's out there to be the best Lightning Lightning can be. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he's not trying to be Doc Hudson. I would say. I would say he's trying to be like Doc, but he's not trying to be Doc. He's trying to be, you know, he's trying to emulate based on what Doc had taught him and just try to be the best Lightning he could possibly be. Yeah. So I wouldn't necessarily say surpass. Just you know, truly embodied the character and what it meant to be Odds of Hornet for that community and for Lightning's career. I think I think a better way to describe it: he took up the mantle. Yes, because we see in the flash one of the last flashbacks in Cars Three, Lightning passes Hudson Hornet, and you know Doc he kind of slows down and just admires, takes it in, and he smiles. I think that really just shows that. He really accepted that, you know, this is, he passed the torch to, to Lightning, and Lightning then is passing the torch to Cruz Ramirez. They all tie together like that. Yeah, and I think that's a very good way to put it. Um, uh, final thought I wanted to have for you. Um, you've mentioned Cards 4 and, like, what a plot might be. I just wanted to run this by you. What would you do, what, how would you feel... If the cars took a little different approach and did a prequel film that's just strictly about Doc Hudson. Strictly about Doc Hudson. Yeah. Like his younger days. I believe that done right, it could be great. But, you know, with those prequel films, you just got to be very careful. See, I think the big problem is the whole voice actor mm-hmm. conundrum. I don't. I guess you can get a different... I mean, it is a younger... It's a younger version, so he might necessarily not have that gravely old racer voice that... Uh, Paul Newman gave him in the first film, so I think it could be done. It's just you know you gotta you gotta play it carefully. You can't get too. When you have something so you know pure with the Doc Hudson per se, you don't want to do anything that might you know, ruin, yeah, ruin his character in the long run. So it had that had to be careful. It was just the idea I came across. We were discussing his death. You mentioned you made a reference to future Cars Four film like what that might be like. I was just thinking maybe instead of just keep advancing that plot forward, maybe we take a step back and look at the life behind Hudson Hornet. This is just a thought that I had. Yeah, I'd really... I know they are doing a new Cars, Cars special on Disney Plus in the coming coming months, but I would really like to see, you know, more Cars universe yeah. movies and expansion. Now, quite honestly, I'm getting a bit too figured out from just Marvel. I'd like to see, you know, more of the other stuff that Disney has to offer. I'd like to see more cars, not really so much princess, like more princess movies. I just want to see more cars, maybe even more Wally sequels. Yeah, you don't want to get, you don't want to get too far away from your roots yeah. at uh, Disney and Pixar, because like, obviously Marvel's big, obviously Marvel's very well done, very good aspect of their, you know, entertainment model, but like, they're more than just Marvel. Yes. You know, I understand, you know, all the shows they've produced are very good. Most of their movies, except The Eternals, are very good. But, you know, that's not what they were built upon. That's not why we're here. Like, no, I don't think you would see Disney being as strong as it is today without the release of the Cars franchise. No, I mean, I, you know, movies like Cars and others before were like the building blocks for something bigger. We don't have things like the Avengers Campus in without, the Disney without theme parks McQueen without winning, Lightning McQueen first that, paving the road for yes. this to happen. It's very 
you know, it's very sad to see that you know these big corporations are forgetting what really drew their fans and what made them big. And I really hope that you know Disney not listens, but you know they see that you know the people want more Lightning McQueen, more Cars universe. You know the people are hungry. You know they should be fed. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's hard to. It's been how many years now since Cars Three? I mean, is it 2017, 2018? It was like 2016, 2017. I mean, it's like it's been a while now. I mean, you know, I mean, we get a new Disney Plus show with Marvel like every other month now. I mean, we're sort of dry in the Cars department. You know, it's just, but that's just how it is with a lot of, you know, not just Pixar. I think. DreamWorks has gone away from what made them special. I mean, we're still waiting for the Shrek 5 trailer. I mean, it's been like 11 years yeah. now. I mean, at some point. I mean, they wrapped up How to Train Your Dragon trilogy very nicely, but, yeah, we had still have, we were promised more Shrek. Yeah. I mean, Where's the Shrek? You know what I mean? Where's Megamind 2? Yeah, we're working on all these other projects. Why, why are we discounting the other stuff that's gotten us to this point? We're already rehashing, um, that we're making live action of classic animation films, like, why can't we just, you know, use those talents to make more cars? I, I just, I think that's a business decision. It's just not in the best interest of the community at all well, times. I, I think it is. I think now we can... No, oh, I meant, I meant, like, sticking with, like, things like the Marvel film. Oh, I see. I see. No, yeah, no, no, not, not, no, like... They're, they're, they're sort of missing the point. It's just like, okay, well, Marvel's bringing in big bucks. Marvel, 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 Marvel. Well, you forgot why we're here. I think they're right now, they're, you know, they're like John Rockefeller before the big trust bus, before he didn't see the big picture, when he was trying to be, okay, I have to be Andrew Carnegie to be the biggest business mogul in the world. They're trying to make that monopoly, get more more rich, but... You know, they don't really see it yet where, you know, they start donating to charity all the rest earnings. Now, I think we've got to get to that point so we see more, you know, what the more people want, what the people need, and that's, that's more cars. Yeah, that's well seen. But, uh, I think that just about wraps it up for uh, this installment. Uh, we thank you for listening, and uh, we hope to see you again soon. Yes, and some other news. We are now on Spotify, so you can just see hear the audio for us too. So please uh, you know, like, share, subscribe, and you know, just watch cars. Yeah, that's well said, Michael. Alright, well, it's been always been a pleasure. Till Easter. <laughs>